Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for the 200th episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Ooh. Let's do it. Let's start the show. To Hondo. I woke up to the morning sky first. Baby blue, just like we rehearsed. When I get up off this ground, I shake leaves back down to the brown, 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 brown. Till I'm clean. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's right. This is the 200th time we've done this ridiculous thing, uh, and as you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm back. Uh, I, uh, I I've dug out from under the veritable mountain of schoolwork that I had that prevented me from being able to record last week uh frankly it's very possible that by the time you hear this i will have been buried under that mountain again but uh them them's the breaks uh you know i i I realized I, i think i realized last night that i hit a particular point as i was nearing the end where i was doing the type of uh procrastination where you do stuff like organize your hard drive rather than get work done (laughs) Um, and and so i said okay i probably really need to strap in right now um but now i've got at least you know a couple days worth of reprieve uh and you know i thought about maybe doing something like going to see a movie or or maybe going to take in a concert but it's like Uh, at this point i've been kind of buried for so long that i like i don't even know where to go yeah well i mean i i could definitely put in a plug for seeing chastity belt on friday night which is something i am doing at u street music hall but I, i say that and i kind of catch myself a little bit because as i look through the list which i keep of speaking of organization of concerts i've gone to this year i realize that all most of the concerts I'm going to fall in this very kind of general pattern of kind of alternative punky groups, a lot of women led. And last week I just watched a, a wonderful movie called Babylon, uh, which is set in 1980 in London, and it's a bunch of uh, West African, Jamaican, um, Caribbean uh, people of descent from there. Uh, who are in, I think it's specifically Jamaican, but they're in a sound system, so essentially a a kind of reggae group. Um, And I was totally transfixed, not just by the movie itself, by Babylon, but but also the music. And so by me suggesting you go to this uh, and then thinking about this movie I just watched, I kind of realized that I'm not getting out there enough with my music. And I feel like you both are, are better about than I am, better about that than I am. That's well, I'm honored that you think that about me, but I, I'll let Sean take that one. I'm not sure. We'll get into me later, but I, I don't know that I really am. I mean, I, yeah, I sort of feel the same way, although I also recognize that there there's a, a couple elements to that. And so my when I think, oh, no, you you are more <coughs> kind of out there and adventurous than I am, it really basically just goes to you go to way more concerts than I do. Yes. Uh, I, I tend not to get out much. <coughs> Ooh, and I tend to do a lot of my 
you know, music consumption at home or just like when I'm mm-hmm. out and about doing other stuff. So, um, man, I'm having trouble. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, kind of what you're, what you might be describing a little bit is I might have a, a quantity of experiences, at least out there that is more, but from a diversity of experiences, I don't know that mine are as diverse, which is kind of ironic because I, I look at the list and and the the artists themselves represent a very diverse, you know, individuals. But as far as the genres, that's where I'm not uh, kind of experimenting as much as maybe could be worthwhile, especially in light of watching a movie about a, a reggae sound system group and being like, <laughs> wow, this would be a really cool experience to just casually approach a night out with music so i guess i'm one of the things that i'm curious about is do you you feel like do you feel like your concert going habits match up to your music listening habits or do you feel the way that i feel which is that my concert going a lot of the time tends to be that more kind of homogenous one Mm. subset of my musical consumption so I would say I would say mine match and uh, and you kind of are limited by your weakest link and I would say that uh, the concerts available to you are always going to be that because we have the internet available to us and I'm sure we'll get into that more but I mean just looking at my music listening habits when I'm listening to I listen to a lot of the groups that I'm going to go see I'll go mm-hmm. listen to them before you know you listen to Bonnie Vare. The weeks before i was listening to uh big thief a lot last week because i was going to see them and so you know one you know chicken and egg i don't know which it is but things that have dropped out of my life you know i used to i used to go to a lot of hip-hop shows and stuff like that and i feel like for whatever reason they're at venues that i don't really want to go all the way to in dc be it like the the fillmore which maybe i'll go to more now since you live down the street from it sean i haven't been yet so yeah i I don't i don't necessarily want to go out there and so one limits the other and i used to listen to vince staples a lot Mm -hmm. for instance and i don't listen to him anymore even though that's a great concert experience yeah and so so i guess i'm i'm curious now we should probably bring bring max into this discussion but i know that i personally like i'll go and i think some of this comes from just sort of knowing that you're going to concerts and tagging along like Mm -hmm. i i actually tend to go maybe to more concerts of artists that i either don't really listen to at all uh case in point the black puma show we went to uh a couple months ago or that I've sort of just kind of scratched the surface on, like Car Seat Headrest or Symbol Z Guitars when I saw them, RIP to Symbol Z Guitars, who have now officially yes. broken up, which is sad. Uh, but uh, Max, I, I think you have even a third, kind of a third way in terms of like who you go see for live music. Yeah, mine is, is almost random. I would say it's as eclectic as my streaming and listening habits but i don't go to concerts very often so i would say that when i'm the driver for going to a concert it's probably one of my favorite groups whoever that mm-hmm. might be but most of the concerts i've been to were were just invites from friends yeah 
Um, so, so, like, I've seen, you know, Kaigo, who's tropical house electronic, and I've seen Fish, and they're, like, a, you know, jammy, <laughs> older band, and then I've seen Bonnie Raitt, and I guess... And you absolutely yeah. would have seen Jethro Tull three times if you had had the chance. Yeah. Three, well, that's what I want to get into after. But yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would. I don't and know you, you also saw. But it's, you also it's, saw an, it's an interesting mix. Yeah, and you also saw Future Islands with me. And Future Islands, some way, Gorillas. Yeah, so it's and, a mix. And Vince Stables was at the Gorilla Show. So somehow Max, Max, I think is the the like grown up version of the the high school middle school archetype of. I like all music except country, which for me, <laughs> my high school, my high school was. I like no music except country, so that I mean, was very difficult for me. I've seen Luke Bryan twice, <laughs> but no. <laughs> to and be I fair, think... neither of those was planned, and both of those or he was more. wasted. Yeah, that is true. Who, Max or Luke Bryan? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but I, I was referring to Luke Bryan, who, if you didn't know, does uh, you know yearly spots at. Uh, spring break in panama city beach uh where he apparently gets housed before he plays which like at like 1 p.m it's awesome he's probably (laughs) printing money for that yeah i mean in any case i think max you are probably the more typical consumer which i think you're describing people that you like a lot and you end up going to their their concerts i mean if you live in oh i i don't want to i don't want to I don't want to besmirch people who live certain places, but if you live in the yes, suburbs, you you've got to. If you live in the suburbs or, or just a smaller place, you got to really want to go to a concert to go to a concert because it's probably yeah. further away, and you have to account for expenses that I don't by just metroing to a relatively small place where the ticket is fifteen twenty dollars. And and yeah. how and how elitist of you to even assume the presence of, you know, plentiful public transit. Oh, and I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm not assuming that because that's low cost to get there. And if you live in the suburbs, it's probably not. Right. Or you think that transit is is your transit is super dangerous, uh, which I don't want to get into because it's going to make me sad and upset. But yeah. So so what you've identified though is is something that you know is important to consider when we think about like how how do we choose what concerts we go to in in 2019, which is that you know. Outside of going to small venues like the Southern in Charlottesville or like DC Nine and Black Hat, and seeing artists and groups that aren't necessarily famous yet, or 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 even just like you know well known enough to command higher ticket prices, like going to a concert can be a pretty expensive, high stakes. Maybe stakes isn't the right word, but like. It's a significant proposition in the way mm-hmm. that uh, dipping a toe into listening to a new artist on a streaming service isn't. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that is really really important here. And I think I've I've written before about these streaming services and to me how they're really like libraries, and you can go try something uh-huh. out there, and is really low risk. But the thing I struggle with is I'm not really supporting an artist that much by just streaming it it's not like they get paid a lot so when you go to the concert it it might be high risk but i i like to think of it as you must really like this person in some ways because you're ponying up the money or really want to support them I, i mean but at the same time i think of that as a good way to explore but it also allows you to just 
double and triple down on whoever you're listening to and listen to their whole back catalog. I mean, Max, I think that you've described a really diversity, uh, a diversity of genre experiences. And do you think that comes more from, you know, your, your streaming listening or is part of that like Bonnie Raitt, for instance, is that just the household in which you grew up? I think it's both. I mean, I think that you, you kind of nailed it. Bonnie Raitt is from the household I grew up and, and Kaigo would be from from streaming. Um, I mean, we have so much music at our fingertips, and I am open to most of it. So I, I, I like exploring, but I'm not good at it. Um, so I'll just take what's kind of fed to me. So if Spotify decides that my you know daily mix is going to be some band, and then they're playing in my town next week, that's I mean they're probably already doing that. I would imagine <laughs> um, you know trying to get get me there. Uh, things like that would probably work. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think live music is, is fun in general. Um, I, I don't go to that many concerts, probably. It's not exactly my favorite thing to do. Um, Mm -hmm. but I definitely like some and I've liked supporting bands. I'm curious, Pierce, you mentioned like, it's a good way to support the band. I'm curious about like returning to the same artist. Like I've never seen an artist more than once. And I know that you have. So I'd also like to dig into how common you know, Sean thinks maybe that is. Um, and obviously you're, you're, you're very lucky to live in a place where you can see bands you like more than once. That's, that's yeah. rare in itself, yeah. but yeah. I don't, I, that's a good question. Um, are, are you talking in like, terms would you, of like, would you go to a, co- if you go to a concert and you really like it, are you immediately like looking to go see it again? Or are you like, well, that's kind of the same thing i've seen i've seen it it's like it's like seeing a movie i mean do you really want to see it again obviously it's a little different but i'm, I'm curious like some artists are very i get the impression like fish every show is very unique and other mm-hmm. artists um probably not so much so maybe that that plays into how much you'd want to see them again versus listening to their songs on repeat on spotify yeah so I, i've had a few experiences with artists that i've seen in concert multiple times uh, and there's always been, you know, at, at least a decent amount of time in between them. Um, and, and so you, you make it, I, I don't, here's what I don't think. I don't think it's like stand up comedy where the set is the same. And so the set being the same kind of really diminishes the return on going to see, you know, that comedian again. But I do think there's something to be said for waiting until they're touring new material. Like, yeah. my example, I guess, is Sturgill Simpson, who I saw in 2015, right after I moved to Charlottesville, when he was still touring uh, Metamodern Sounds and Country Music. And then a year later, he came back to Charlottesville for his tour for Sailor's Guide to the Universe. And... He had moved up from the Jefferson to the Pavilion. He stepped up to this big, you know, uh, big band with a three-piece horn section, and it was an entirely different show, and it was amazing. Uh, I also think of a band that I really love, uh, Titus Andronicus, who's been known throughout its long history for kind of like switching members a lot. So like, you could go see a totally different band. Uh, than than you saw before, um, so uh, 
you know, I, I think that there are, when I leave a concert, even if it was really good, I don't go, man, if I could go see that show again tomorrow night, I would. Uh, I do tend to want to listen to their music <laughs> after. And I know, mm-hmm. Pierce, that that is somewhere where you and I, I think, split. I think you maybe tend to want to listen to an artist more before you go see them. Yeah. And so I, I do listen a lot before because I want to be able to recognize things on you know the set list and think about, oh, I wonder what they can play because sometimes you just don't have the – the grouping to do that and also i listen to albums so my i'll listen to a song and expect a song to be next because it's an album and that's obviously not necessarily what they're they're doing um but one thing i will do after a show is a lot of times i will go and dive into the my exploration is in terms of the openers and your your point in max about do you go see concerts again well it it kind of depends i have seen a number of artists multiple times and I'll see them kind of with each release of a, of a new album. Now, last year I did go see hop along three times on the same tour. Um, and you're like, wow, that's why would you do that? But the, the opener was different three times and all three openers are people. I really like St. Seneca, um, uh, bat fangs and also thin lips um, and they played a different, a slightly different set each time. But if you like something that much, um, you want to see it more than once. And again, I really wanted to support the artist and go more than, you know, as much as I could. Now, I think alternatively, I could, you could say, well, why didn't you just go see two different artists and use those times instead of seeing the on the outside, the exact same thing. Go and experience a different thing. Go to, I mean, earlier this year, I went to see Neurosis in Bellwitch, which was a basically a doom metal show. And I really liked the experience. And I think in thinking about going to concerts of the, the same artist on the same tour, each venue, too, has a has a different – it brings a different vibe. It has a different character. I mean, a concert in Charlottesville versus a concert in Baltimore versus a concert in D.C. are very different and from venue to venue. And even just the way people interacted with the uh, artists on stage was very different at the metal show than it was with, with Big Thief the other night. There's, there's elation – versus reverence which are very different things and and i think different venues are going to play into it if you're playing in a place that's only large enough for a living room worth of folks versus the anthem which is unreasonably large uh for for someone like bonnie Vare. but you know i i am getting used to those experiences with those types of artists and i, I don't know i Clearly, I have put disposable income to the idea of going to concerts, and what am I really doing by going to to concerts? Am I trying to support artists I really like, or am I going to concerts because I want to experience a lot of different musical ventures? Well, those don't... those don't have to be exclusive. You can do... No, they don't. You can do both, and, and those are both good... Those are both good and righteous motivations for going to concerts. No doubt about it. Like yeah. it is good. It is unambiguously good when you can to take the opportunity to support an artist that you really care about. Um, 
that it, that is a good thing. It's, you know, we've we've talked ad nauseum about you know buying your music on Bandcamp or going to shows and buying merch and doing stuff like that. Yeah. So like yeah, you'll you'll never <clears throat> you'll never hear an argument from me against going to support bands you love by seeing them live. I mean, maybe if they're like playing at a Trump rally or something, but then you've got different issues to deal with. Um, but there's also, there's an element of exploration. And I think that that comes into play a lot with openers too. Uh, you know, and, and you mentioned Pierce that in your, your run of hop along shows, the openers were <laughs> bands that you liked too, but like, yeah, you know, when I go see a black Puma show and I've never heard a black Pumas record before, uh, you know, there's a pretty great chance that I will never have heard of the opener before. I yeah. super duper had not heard of Rudy DeAnda. He was great. Yeah, he was very weird, uh, but it was yeah. it was fun. It was like a good energy. Um, yeah. You know, I when I I remember, I remember like first year of college, I went to go see the Black Keys because they were playing in Charles uh, in Charlottesville, and I had heard of the Wigs, but I really didn't know anything about the Wigs, and I left not having bought a Black Keys CD, but having bought a Wigs CD. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, like, you know, I, I've had, you know, I've had a lot of good luck with, you know, good and fun openers. But, like, there, there's an extent to which, even if you go to a concert for one of those two purposes, you might wind up doing both. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> I think what – for me, I try to – what situations I put myself in, I try to explore as much as I can. I, brought, I bought a Rudy Deanata, Deanda um, shirt after the show, briefly mm-hmm. spoke with him, which was you know, typically weird, which is my fault, <laughs> not his fault. Um, and, and I have – you know, other shows are good. I have a Batfang shirt. I have a Thin Lips shirt. You go there and, and maybe that's my type of exploration is people I hadn't really heard of, hadn't interacted with. But I think there's something to be said to, to take more of maybe uh, inadvertent but still an approach with, with Max, which is like start going all over the map a little bit. Even if someone invites you to it, you take that opportunity. Now, unfortunately, I'm usually the one inviting other people. Right. So it's hard. Um, but I, I just – I think that that's – you know, it's all out there, and I mean, a couple of years ago, I saw Thundercat, and Thundercat, I think, is closer to, to some of the things that I wrote, but someone says to you, hey, do you want to go see a guy who plays a, a six-string bass and is just really out there space cadet? You might go, I don't know, but then you go see you go see Thundercat, and it's like, wow, why I would have to go see Thundercat. So you're, you're directing me perfectly into something that I wanted to talk to uh talk about that i don't think we've really touched on a lot which is that even though there's a lot of effort put in when artists go into the studio to record an album into you know buffing the edges and and giving you an end product that's going to be nicely produced for you to listen to you know used to be on your stereo at home but now it's in your earbuds on the subway or the metro or you know whenever you're you're at your desk trying to ignore your coworkers. i i just i just put yeah i just put it on the, the i just have it playing out of the phone speaker <laughs> no one seems to mind right uh, people don't say shit yeah but 
there you we can't ignore that there is something really unique about live music and yeah you know bands don't get together because they want to record a great album bands get together because they want to play music and there there's something that feels very kind of like pure and, and just like the the most distilled form of the expression when you go see a concert and i know like for me just knowing that i'm going into that environment really primes me to have a great time and so like if i've made the decision that like i'm going to exert the requisite effort in terms of like time and money and and mental resources to go see a concert like i'm probably gonna have a pretty good time uh and, and so like there there's that there's that psychological aspect of it too where you're like you're putting yourself in you know as opposed to listening to music on your terms you're stepping out and listening to it on the artist's terms on the venue's terms on the terms of all the other people that are there with you and you know it's like it's like how you know we used to go to the movies and that was you know, in, in at least in part useful because it was this big group experience and you knew there were a bunch of other people there. Like, you know, to a certain extent, this is the way that music is supposed to be taken in, like in a room with other people, with the musicians in front of you. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think for some genres that's true. I will say that there's there's an importance to be said for stage presence and, you know, some artists are good live and some aren't. Going uh, back yeah, yeah. to... Like Kaigo, who again is a tropical house electronic musician, he was the he was the headliner. He went up in front of thousands of people, pressed play on his laptop, and and that was about danced it. around it. Yeah, that he barely danced. He didn't even he didn't even dance enough. That's that's disappointing. <laughs> um, in general, I think the 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 live performances. I I agree with you. I think that's the way. It's an art form, and you you get all of the art when you're when you're there. Yeah. Um. I have a, I have a funny little story I would like to share. Um, yes, please. Take I went to see uh, Maddion uh, a number of years ago. Maddion is a French DJ uh, who's reasonably popular, certainly among people who are going to see Maddion. Right? People so, of the EDM. People who are going to see Maddion are going are you know are enjoying him. Uh, and the show opens with. Like these two younger guys, one of them is just like on an electric guitar, and one of them is, is singing, and the lights are still on, and it was like the the opener, and you know people like talking over it, like who cares? It's the opener. Um, although I, I mean I listened obviously, and the opener was pretty good, but it's like a guy jamming kind of electronic disco-y, new disco style with with this gentleman singing, uh, and they go and leave, and like oh that open opener was pretty good, and then Maddion comes out. He was the kid singing, <laughs> and nobody in the crowd <laughs> knew it, <laughs> which only really works for certain genres of music like EDM, where you, you really don't know what these people look like. <laughs> but it was such a funny occurrence because uh, you could just tell the crowd was like, oh, wait, like, it's the same guy that was yeah. just singing with the, with the guitarist as the opener, and no one, no one was paying attention. Uh, and that was actually the, the 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 French kid that everyone had paid a good amount of money to see. So yeah. I thought that was very entertaining. And then Maddion is the the alternative of of Kygo, where he's electronic, and yet his show was was very fun. It was just much yeah. more engaging, much more enthusiastic, and and much more 
just energy in the moment. It was like, a, this is a different experience from my music. I get that you paid to have something different than just hearing my songs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something different. So yeah, it's and very I, fun. I think that that just kind of reiterates a point that I I need to embrace more, which is that if someone is playing at your local music hall they're very good at what they do it is they're they're hopeful or chosen or or it's just their profession and so it's probably worth giving it a chance because they might end up being a singer or, or in the case you know a really good singer and you had no idea or it might be someone like sasami who i saw this year you listen to their album and you're like oh this is what really well put together and and you know it, punk but but not super edgy and then you go to her show and you're like wow, she really is just out there shredding, and it's awesome. And uh, so I think it's worth giving a chance to these people because you might see a little French guy who's who's singing up a storm. Hell yeah. Go go support your local little French guys. Kids. <laughs> He's 25 now, and I saw him, like, at least three years ago, so. Wow. Yeah. Is it, he was but a child. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, we, we've said our piece in favor of going to concerts. Go, go, do it more. It's a lot of fun. You, mm-hmm. you will probably have a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. And in, in in the meantime, while you're surfing the web to go find a concert that you can buy tickets to, uh, why don't we move on to Pierce's Sorry? Yeah. So, um, I speaking of kind of different musical experiences a couple weekends ago i was in brooklyn new york new york uh at one of the the if you're unfamiliar one of the boroughs of what is called new york city uh and i went to a a you know a bar kind of situation they had a dj playing a lot of um west indian music uh i believe that there was some cameroonian music in there uh, but just a lot of dance, dance hall music. It was a lot of fun. So different musical experience. And there was someone standing next to the DJ, and I noticed them. And they looked really familiar. Very tall person, lovely hair, lovely beard. They looked really familiar. And I started telling my friends who, who this person was. I said, And I pointed out, and then we left later. And, and I talked to them about it, and no one knew who I was talking about. So I'm apologizing this week to... Joe Kim Noah. I'm apologizing, apologizing to Joe Kim Noah because he has been befelled by the Knicks. The Knicks took all the goodwill of his career in being a pretty good NBA player, a back-to-back NCAA champion, and now he goes to a relatively small bar in Brooklyn and no one knows, knows who the hell he is. And I feel really bad, and it made me think a lot about fame. And I feel good about recognizing him you know weirdest one of the weirder free throw shots you'll ever see just can't shoot a basketball but like a good nba player someone you should know a top draft pick with with a really infamous suit on draft night but he should be known people should know who joe kim noah is and because of the knicks and i'm blaming the knicks for this no one knows who he is he just went into this black hole and now i mean the good news is he can go to a basically a party in brooklyn and he can just experience it as everyone else does except taller on a higher level uh but yeah i just i felt kind of bad that people weren't 
fawning over him. I mean, didn't he kind of wash out with the Bulls before he wound up with yeah, the Knicks? Yeah, but I prefer to blame the Knicks. I prefer to he, – he got I, a lot I, of money I, from the Knicks. I know. Look, it, clowning on the Knicks is – Cottage industry. Four-year, $72 million contract with the Knicks. Oh, uh, sure. Like, it's not it's not undeserved to clown on the Knicks. But we also should celebrate the fact that you're the first person that's recognized Joe Noah in public in three years. Um, yeah. You well, didn't even realize he played somewhere after the Knicks. Oh no! I knew he played for the Grizzlies afterwards because I looked him up afterwards. I, I I'm not kidding. People afterwards, I I was saying I saw it was Joe Kim Noah, and they're like, Joaquin Phoenix. I was like, no 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 no, Joe jo- jo- Kim Noah. And like, he was in the Joker, right? Whoever like, no, that was, no, whoever that was is is who should be apologizing on this podcast. Um, it's a it's a mergers and acquisitions oh lawyer. God. I don't think they're going to be apologizing for anything. Joe Kim Noah also in the same draft as. You know, several cautionary tales. Greg Oden, cautionary tale about seven-foot-tall mm. people whose legs aren't the same length. Yi uh, mm. Jin Lan, cautionary tale about not drafting guys whose only opponents on the highlights that you've seen are chairs. Chairs. Uh, and well-known DC cautionary tale, Javaris Crittenden. A reminder that... Uh, just consider that guns aren't always just in the places that you think they are. Sometimes they're in NBA mm. locker rooms. He he actually is is in prison for a long time, I believe. Uh, that is that is true. Um, so uh, if you if you see Joakim Noah, say say hello. Uh, don't don't clown him, clown him about the Knicks. Remember the good times. Yeah. Um, Okay. But he can definitely buy you something. Like, ask him to buy you lunch. <laughs> yes. Because that's what you should be doing is asking strangers to buy you lunch or drinks or whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture. And, and uh, as I mentioned at the top, I've spent the last week kind of under a giant pile of work. So... Most of the pop culture that I took in was understanding uh, my levels of procrastination. Uh, as I as I mentioned, uh, organizing the hard drive is pretty much my Everest peak. Uh, a rung or two past, um, I don't need to watch the Saw movies. I can just watch the clips of all of the trap scenes that people have put on YouTube. Um, so that, that was going, (laughs) that was going to be my big idea. (laughs) I'm being perfectly honest, uh, until today when I was, uh, leaving school and I saw, uh, a post on Columbia Journalism Review about, uh, another one of those anonymous Google Docs going around to people in the media. Oh, no. And the last time this happened, uh, it was... Uh, an, an uncomfortable but necessary document about yeah. men in the media who were abusing women in the media. Uh, this time, it is an uncomfortable but necessary document uh, encouraging people to be open and honest about 
what they make to work in the journalism industry. Uh, and frankly, uh, what took them so long? It, it, it's money is one of the great societal taboos, uh, in America, if not in basically the entire world right now, uh, money, politics, religion, the, the third rails that you're just, you're never supposed to talk about in polite company. Uh, but the problem is we also live in a time where the money and the power is growing increasingly concentrated and believe it or not, it's not with the people who work the everyday jobs that we all have. Uh, and so, you know, union membership is not nearly as strong as it was in the heydays of the, you know, early to mid uh, 20th century. Uh, but one way that uh, people can sort of band together and work to make conditions in an industry better, even if they don't have the protections of an overarching union is to be open and honest about your pay and your benefits because that makes it easier for other people who are coming into jobs to not get dicked around in negotiations and to make sure that they're being compensated fairly for the work they're going to do. So, like, I, 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 was, I was heartened to see that, uh, that this existed. And, frankly, more people should do it. Uh, so... You know, maybe maybe it's time that we all grow up and and learn, you know, the right way to talk about money and the right reason to talk about money. Yeah, and maybe educate yourself on sectoral bargaining because that could be a really big thing in twelve months. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Uh, wow, it's uh for the. 200th time that's the end of the podcast thanks for sticking with us as long as you have we'll keep doing this until we officially run out of ideas i I know you could probably argue that we ran out 60 episodes ago uh but we'll we'll keep doing this until one of the eight of you tells us you don't want us to do it anymore uh so uh in the meantime uh thank you Come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Subscribe to the feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, thank you. Please just do us one more tiny favor. Uh, leave like a nice rating, a review or something. Uh, just like, you know, we're hardly big enough for it to really help. You know, we're not getting placed on the front page of Apple Podcasts or anything, but maybe just maybe it might help you know someone who's searching random words on their podcast app find us um and frankly if that's your podcast listening energy like we want to share what we're doing with you so like help help us make it easier for those people to find us it Um, may help our self-esteem as well it might uh it very very well might Uh, stay steamy (laughs) Uh, We will be back again next week to talk about something else before we jet off for Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Thanks.